Welcome to the Untamed and Unashamed podcast. This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster, celebrating our bravery in all of it. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so thankful that you're here. All right. So if you have not checked out my website yet, it's jade-bryce.com. And on that website, you can sign up for my masterclass on healing the father wound. This class will take place on Wednesday, January 25th from 12 to 1.30 Central. However, you do not have to attend live. You can take the recording and do the practice whenever you'd like on your own time. And uh, I'm going to, next week's episode is going to be all about this and why I'm doing this. But this practice that I'm going to to teach on and that I'm going to um, guide participants in is one of the most healing tools that I've found. It's very similar to internal family systems and it has been so healing for me and my own father wound and in my provision wound and in the way that I can project onto the masculine. And now that I am a single woman having this, um, father wound more healed and having this union with my inner divine masculine has been so empowering and apologies if you hear my dog in the background I don't know if you heard in the last episode but I got a puppy she's in the other room and the door's closed but she's got a bone so apologies if you hear her um she's only three months old so it will get quieter I think, I hope. Okay. So that masterclass is only, um, $25. And, uh, yeah, I, if, if masterclasses or group work or recorded work is not your thing, we can also do this one-on-one. You would just still go to the website, j-price.com and click on work with me and then coaching instead of masterclass. But I'm so excited about this masterclass y'all. Like, this is something that has been so healing for me that I just want to give to the world. And that's why I'm, I'm doing it for only 25. That's why I'm doing such a low price point for this, but, um, it's, I'm not even doing it for the money either. I'm doing it because this is something that I feel the world needs. This is something like, no matter your gender, woman or man, we all have insight and wisdom within us that is available to us from our inner masculine. And, and this practice is really powerful for hearing that. So yeah. Okay. So today I'm going to continue to do a little recap of 2022 by sharing 30 things I learned this last year. And I'll close with a few quotes from some of my favorite 2022 reads. 
So as I said last episode, 22 things seemed like a better title, but I wrote out 30 things and I couldn't eliminate any of them. And, you know, I ended up having a few bonus ones on this part too. So um, I split this up into two episodes because 30 lessons is a lot to cover and it's a long time for you to listen to my voice. So, um, you know, while I could do a whole solo cast on each of these lessons and I considered it. I love talking to our guests way too much. And I have two of my favorite people on coming up after my little round of solo cast. I have on Connor Beaton and his wife, Fianna. Uh, I'm obsessed with them. I love them so much and I'm so excited. And that's why I have guests on. It's because I truly want to talk to these people. I'm so excited about it. So yeah, so that's why I don't do solo casts that often, even though I could like dive into each one of these uh, pretty intensely. I'm going to keep each one pretty short. I hope with them being short, they still make sense because it is a little hard to just briefly touch on such deep topics, but I'm going to do my best. And if you missed last week's episode, that was the first half of these. Also, none of these lessons have to be your truth, but I'm sharing them because of the medicine that they were for me. And they are each simply invitations for you to use them if they resonate. Okay, so lesson one through 16 was last week's episode. Today, I'll begin with lesson number 17, which is how important it is to have scheduled phone-free hours every single day. We are not meant to be so readily available to the entire world the way that we currently are due to text messages, emails, and social media. And for me, there was something I had to retrain in myself around urgency. For some reason, everything felt urgent, even though I had over 500 unopened texts in my phone. Like right now, I have like 500 unopened texts in my phone and I, it's very overwhelming for me. But still, if someone reaches out and I actually see it in that moment, for the most part, it feels like I have to respond right away. Like there's some urgency to it, which is hardly ever the truth, if ever the truth. But it had me feeling very unregulated and pulled in too many directions. So I put in my settings in my phone for it to go on nighttime mode every day from 3.30 to 7.30. You can also do this. I, I, I don't know if everyone knows this, but you can do this like with your apps and your settings. You can go in and set time limits. So like you can put an hour for Instagram, an hour for Facebook, whatever. And you'll realize like, oh yeah, like who the heck spends an hour on Instagram? Yeah, you set that timer and all of a sudden it goes off and you're like, oh shit, I wasted a whole hour on this. And it's not all at once, but like you get on for 10 minutes, six times a day and there you go. And so that tool has been really helpful. But me having this nighttime mode on my phone for the entire phone from 3.30 to 7.30 has helped my nervous system tremendously. Also, I pick up my kids from Montessori at 3 and they go to bed at 7.30. So this also gives them an experience of a mother who is not always on screens. Because when a ton of people are asking me for something on, and my phone is just like ding, 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 and there's two little people asking me for things also like right in front of me. I want this. I need this. Mom, can we do this nonstop? Guess who's going to experience my agitation the quickest? The kids. They will get the, the in-person front row seats to a mom that is spread too thin, that is being asked of too much. I also noticed that on days that I don't honor this boundary of mine for whatever reason, like something happened and I had to get on a call, whatever it was, 
Those are the days that I am not my best self and I end up losing my cool. Life is so much easier on the days I get a phone break. I'm also autistic, so I struggle with overstimulation. And this might not apply to everyone, but it may it is a make or break for me. Try it out. <laughs> Lesson number 18. <clears throat> you may have heard me say this before, and it's all over my website. But the way you have sex is the way you live life. And the way you live life is the way that you have sex. So think about how you have sex, truly. And if you're single, you can apply this to your your pleasure practice. Are you taking your time or just trying to get it over with? Are you opening up and allowing more to be felt? Or are you shut down a little numb and void of pleasure? Do you have no desire for it at all? Is there no variety? Do you not feel good at it? Or can you not get enough? Do you feel burst open to God each time you experience it? Do you feel closer to your partner through it or closer to yourself? Does it feel like an opportunity to connect? Is there foreplay and playfulness, whether with a partner or by yourself? Is there trust and surrender? Can you make eye contact? Do you want to try different things? When you look at the answers to these questions, they most likely can tell you more about how you live life. I know in past partnerships, I was treated like a human masturbation tool, basically. My pleasure was non-existent and the guy just was there for him. There was zero intimacy and that reflected my life. Then there were partnerships where we both experienced pleasure, but kind of were just in charge of our own pleasure. And it wasn't really a give and receive exchange. And that felt how I was living life at the time as well. It was a parallel experience without collaboration. Even at dinners, me and those partners would go Dutch. I do mine, you do yours. And this also reflected in my life in ways. In my own sex practice, and this can apply whether you're single or not, but going slow listening to my body, warming my body up, staying there after to really soak in the pleasure. That's what my practice looks like. And that's my own sexual activity currently since I'm single. And that's also how my life is currently feeling. Uh, This just occurred to me, but, you know, I've talked about in the past with Dominic Cortusio that aftercare, like, most men, when the sex is over, they just like get up and go in the shower they, or they go clean up, whatever. And they're, they move on about their schedule. But for a man to hold a woman after she experiences pleasure and after he experiences pleasure, whatever, if he holds her after this experience, oh my gosh, this makes such a difference. And in the same, when you are in your pleasure practice, I don't remember what book it was that I read this in, but if you experience pleasure or even if you're just doing a meditation and then you get up and you just go about your schedule, you just like get into your routine and you don't actually like lay there and soak in the experience of what you just had, whether a meditation, whether breath work or a pleasure practice, if you just get up and and go about things like pretty quickly after, like you're done and you just get up instead of laying there and soaking in it, that's like milking a cow and then kicking over the milk. So after you do your meditation or your breath work or your pleasure practice, like lay there and soak in 
all of that energy, just like lay in it for a few minutes. So you can also do this little lesson from the flip side. You know, I was saying, I was comparing, um, I was using examples from sex to look at your life, but you can do this from the flip side and look at how you tend to live your days, rushed, checked out, exhausted, little excitement, and see how this reflects in your sex life. Sex truly is related to everything. And when we heal it, we heal our lives. I promise you, if you start with your sex and bring in the flavors that you want in your life, they will start to show up. So maybe list three flavors and be intentional with them and watch how they expand into other areas of your life. This truly works, you guys. All right, lesson number 19 is that beautiful experiences keep coming. So many times when I'm leaving a beautiful place or a relationship is ending, it's like I forget that there are more beautiful experiences ahead, more places to see, more people to love. I've struggled with making places and people the end all be all, but I'm only 38. It's silly and limiting to think that my most beautiful experiences are behind me. This week, I was at a woman's group and we were sitting outside around a fire sharing our hearts and I was still feeling so bogged down by the uncoupling. And my sister came and smoked mupacho. Uh, it's a sacred tobacco for clearing energy. She smoked it over me while my other sister, Ash, sang the most beautiful song in her angelic heavenly voice. Oh, when she sings, y'all. And I looked at both of them and just felt so much love. And I felt so loved. And in this moment, such a simple moment in this backyard in my own city, felt so beautiful. And I just heard over and over again, beautiful experiences keep coming. They're not going to stop because of where we are or what, what relationship we are in. Lesson number 20, <clears throat> with each partner from your past, you can pull from what you enjoyed and mock up what you desire in your future partner. This has been so incredibly helpful for me in my grieving process, remembering that I didn't lose this quality or flavor of a person. I can have that with another. Those qualities are not limited to one person. And I can be even more intentional now in what I desire in a mate. In my last partnership, I loved his calm energy. Even in a hectic parking lot where he couldn't find a spot, he was so calm. Even when I lost his motorcycle key, he was calm. I felt so safe with him when it came to loyalty, and I had never experienced a man have blinders on like that. He also had amazing handyman skills and I knew if there was an issue, he could handle it. And not just around the house, but with our conflict as well. He was the best conflict buster and his touch could soothe me instantly. He also was extremely silly and would chase and tickle me and put me on a counter and kiss me. And I loved all these things so much. I had one partner that would make me laugh so hard I couldn't breathe almost daily. He was so hilarious. He was also a great dance partner and he'd take me blues dancing and it was like a scene from Dirty Dancing. I felt so young with him, dancing and laughing with him in his bow tie and suspenders. Another partner was incredibly romantic. I mean, over the top. 
we were long distance. And on Valentine's Day, he recorded a whole video around New York as if we were on a date, singing me a song at the end, right by the skyline, right by the water, the bridge in the background. He constantly got me flowers and sent me loving text. One partner wanted to save the world. He was so passionate about making the world a better place. And yes, he started with himself. Of course, there are partners that really only showed me what I'm not available for. And that's important too. But what really helped me at the end of this year is remembering that those qualities are not bound to one person. That felt really exciting for me. Lesson number 21, and this may not be true for everyone, but I realized how healing massages are for me. I've been going to this man named Lee at Evolve Cryo on Lamar in Austin for about five years now. Evolve has been my healing place, y'all, but Lee, oh my God, the best. It occurred to me over the last year how healing it has been to have a man massage my body in such a safe and nourishing way. I come from a long history of multiple forms of abuse and feeling safe with this man as he touches majority of my body has been extremely healing. It also puts me more in my body and this consensual touch has actually felt rewiring for me. So if it feels like something that could help you as well, I highly recommend it. Lesson number 22 is the power of dance. I cannot tell you how many times I felt so low, so down. And it took everything in me to do it. But I got up and put a feel-good song on. And by the end of the song, I felt lifted. It's known that dance releases feel-good chemicals. But it's not just that. There's something about the movement and the embodiment that brought in strength for me. That brought in flow. Brought in confidence. Even if I was super angry, I would dance that emotion. And it felt like a release. And not just a release, but a permission to feel and express my anger. And then I would dance to the next song, expressing and embodying what I wanted to fill up with. And this sounds too good or too simple to work, but it does, y'all, every single time. So make yourself a feel-good playlist or reach out to me and I'll send you mine. The thing about this is that your brain then registers these songs as, oh, it's time to feel good. <laughs> Lesson number 23 is similar but with pleasure. I truly 100% believe that a pleasure practice can save you. It also releases different feel-good chemicals into the brain that are good for our emotional health and our physical health, literally preventing cancer. But for me, I also hear my truth very clearly when I'm in a pleasurable state. During my uncoupling, I had so many fear narratives coming at me that I definitely had to be with and not push down. But every time I would drop into my pleasure, my truth would speak. I'd hear, you're covered. You and your kids will thrive. You get what you ask for. Choose yourself. Choose yourself. For about two months, I pretty much only felt okay when I was dancing or pleasuring. Can you imagine if I didn't do either of those? And my nervous system deeply needed both and deserved both. Lesson number 24 is that like attracts like and energy flows where attention goes. This wasn't exactly a new concept for me, but every single year, this truth deepens in my life. Like attracts like. The law of attraction is that that which is like unto itself is drawn, 
So if you desire something, just embody it and it will be drawn to you as within, so without. And this has given me so much safety and confidence in my work and in my practices, because I've had a lot of Christians tell me that me doing sex magic or even breath work or Kundalini can invite in evil. It never resonated with me, but I still felt the need to explore protection tools. And what it really came down to was that I'm only going to call in what I'm emitting. I know what I'm a yes to and what I'm a no to, and that's my protection, that boundary of what's allowed in my space. And the key to getting anything that you want is to appreciate what you already have. To feel less satisfied or fulfilled in the circumstances that you are in right now is to come from a worldview of lack. And you simply cannot create abundance from a place of lack ever. It defies universal laws. So in the embodying, make your prayer, thank you. Every day, that's the first thing that I say. I'm alive. I get to be Sol and Jaya's mom. I get to take them to Montessori. I get to podcast. I get to coach. I get to dance. I have a body. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lesson number 25, control is an illusion. The ego likes to tell us that if we just do X, we'll get Y, but it's not true. It likes to tell us that at least here, we can guarantee the crumbs. It's not true. Nothing is actually ever guaranteed, ever. You have to just do what's true. Instead of what you think will give you a certain outcome. In my previous partnership, if I had changed my career and my social media and my spirituality, my partner would have stayed with me. But if I did all of that, would I even be guaranteed that he'd stay for sure? No. And would I actually feel accepted or chosen? No. Would those crumbs of acceptance of my deepest self or support of my passions be guaranteed actually? No. So I had to do what's true, regardless of the outcome. I had to choose me, my full spectrum. And the ego tried to tell me that that had, you know, the least guaranteed security, but I still had to do what was true for me because control is an illusion and not doing that wouldn't have guaranteed me anything anyways. Lesson number 26 It's okay to go where you are celebrated and accepted. This does not mean that you are avoiding your work. I used to think that if I left a situation or a group where I wasn't celebrated and given the space to be me, all of me, that I was avoiding the uncomfortable feelings of growth within those relationships. But what I realized I was doing was avoiding the uncomfortable feelings that came with leaving. Being celebrated doesn't mean that you aren't held accountable, but it comes from a place of celebration of who they know you to be, not from collapsing you into who they think you should be. Someone had told me that this was a mental disorder, desiring to be celebrated. But if my children told me that they would only stay where they are celebrated, holy hell, I would be so damn proud. I'm not speaking of the narcissistic need to be the center of attention at all times with constant praise. And maybe that's what that person thought I meant. And I hope that person comes to a place of feeling okay being celebrated as well. We all deserve to be celebrated by the people in our lives. I want to celebrate the fuck out of my loved ones, out of whoever is in front of me, because we're all holy. Lesson number 27. You are the source. 
We tend to project our our greatest emotional experiences onto others, but you are the one that falls madly in love or who has the experiences of wholeness and rapture. This happens inside of you and you can cultivate these feelings on your own because you are the source of them. While you may think that it comes from outside of you, it doesn't. Your partner or your surrounding inspires you, but your nervous system is what creates that experience. You hold that power. You are the source of it all. The person that you fell in love with, you guys collaborated on something, you co-created something, but your nervous system still created that feeling of falling in love. It is the same with sexual turn-on. Many women believe that their partners are the source of their turn-on or pleasure, leading them to disempowerment and frustration, but it is your body that creates the turn-on. So empower yourself to know that you truly are the source of all that you want to feel. Like I said at the top of the show, I want to do a whole solo cast just on this, but I'm going to keep it short. And, and, you know, you can, if one of these lessons like really resonates with you, dive into it for yourself. Lesson number 28, the greater it's been stolen, the greater it can be reclaimed. This has given me so much empowerment. I felt like in my childhood, so much had been stolen from me. My innocence, my safety, my holiness my connection to self, even my connection to God and how I chose to do so. It hit me last year that I had reclaimed it all. And I did all of that because it had been stolen, which gave me such a deep appreciation and deep intimacy with each of those areas. Had those things not been stolen, who knows the level of depth I would have had with any of them now. I probably wouldn't be experiencing my sexuality or my connection with source as limitless It probably wouldn't be an area that I desire to play in as much as I do. And yes, before the reclamation, there was numbness in all of those areas and I had to work my butt off in parts of them. And that made me want to stomp my feet and cry that it wasn't fair. And I let myself do that. But when I came to the other side, oh, the freedom, the juiciness. And I don't know that I would have experienced that had I not had to reclaim it. Lesson number 30. Take a moment to remember who the fuck you are, especially before public gatherings or meetings or gigs, etc. I went to a mom's night out last year with the school moms, which are all incredibly nice. But when I looked around the table, I was the only one without a wedding ring on. I was the only one not participating in the auction. I started to feel really out of place. Here I was going through another breakup without the father of my kids helping with tuition either. It's $18.50 a month for both kids, and he refuses to chip in at all. Did I fit in here? Am I the odd woman out? I left early, and I cried on the way home. And then when I got to my driveway, I was like, what the fuck? I just forgot who I am. I'm Jade fucking Bryce, and I'm a badass single mama that figures out my kids' tuition on my own. So what? I don't do auctions. So fucking what? That means nothing. And I am a woman that drips in pleasure. I am orgasmic. I had well over 400 orgasms last year. I am a well-fucked woman, even as a single woman. And I am deeply spiritual. None of that is in emptiness, but of deep, fulfilling union with spirit. I'm not left lonely or hungry. I'm satisfied. This is who I am. And as a coach of all of these things, had I remembered that, maybe I would have brought on a new client at that dinner. 
It was a lesson in embodiment of my flavors and in remembering. So whenever needed, take a breath and remember who you are, what you're here for. Get yourself a little ring to remember it if, it, if that helps. It's okay to forget who you are. Every mythic goddess has. But then remember. We forget so that we can remember. Lesson number 31 can be a tricky one. I don't like any narratives that teach one way or even this is the right way. So please know that it's not my intention here. But a mentor of mine noticed how I was using words like slut and whore in my desires. And while I still salivate at those words and want to be loved for that part of me by my lover, especially, and I'm not going to suppress any of that. Although I don't 100% agree with all of what she said and that I'm going to share, I'm still sifting through what it means for me. And I still think there's some truth in it. And she made some really interesting points. And so I'm going to share it. She said that me using words like whore or slut or are akin to a black person using the N-word. She said that the solution is not to adopt the words used against women, but to show up 100% in full, unedited essence and redefine what it is to be a woman outside both the Madonna and the whore images that neither are actually real. That accepting a label is not how we can form it. She brought up how Malcolm X said black is beautiful, not the N-word is beautiful. And in the same way, the solution is not to embrace the label because the label is false. It was created by the patriarchy to degrade women and control them. And that you don't become free by adopting the definitions given to you. Words are incredibly powerful. And when we accept or embrace something disempowering, we are also empowering the system that we are meant to break free from. These words came from men. So do we want to accept a man's definition of what it is to be a woman? With racism, the cure isn't to embrace the N-word. It's to blow up the word and no longer allow it to exist. And even in my desire to reclaim that word, you know, slut or whore, to look at where I'm being reactionary with my anger towards the patriarchy or the church. So listen, I always say chew up the meat and spit out the bones. Take what resonates and leave what doesn't. I'm still integrating this message for myself, but it came up while I was making this list and I wanted to share it here. It felt important. And I'd love to hear your thoughts as always. Lesson number 32 is for those of you who do psychic, shamanic, energetic practices like cord cutting. I had attended Boulder Psychic Institute for a few years in my early 30s. When we would practice cord cutting, we would blow the cord up from the center of it and then take our energy back. In my women's group, one of the women who had just done a year shamanic program taught about how when you cut a cord, you must always connect the other ends to source. Otherwise, it can be detrimental to health. This felt like a really important piece of information, and I'm so glad to have inquired it. Um, so for those of you who are not familiar with this work, like we create cords with people all the time, people that we're in relationship with, people we work with, like really anyone we have karma with, like family members. And um, typically there's like one person who kind of holds that power dynamic of the cord, but you can cut that cord. And it's been really important for me to cut cords with a lot of people. So yeah, reach out if you want more information on that. It's a, it's a lot to dive into here, but interestingly that night 
while still in my previous partnership, because this was a while ago, I cut the cord between us and connected it to source. Source meaning like God, boundless love. And I then canceled and cleared all karmic contracts that were not for our highest good. I canceled and cleared all karmic contracts with myself and anybody that was not for our highest good. And I followed this with the Ho'oponopono meditation. Um, you know, look that one up too. It's so good, y'all. And it's very powerful. It's um, thank you. I love you. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. I may have that out of order, but it's it's extremely powerful to do for your own healing and for the healing of another. So anyhow, I did all that. And the very next day, my partner and I mutually agreed to uncouple, which had never happened. So it was the day after I did all of that. And although he doesn't believe in karma, past lives or cord cutting, I truly felt that with the karma being cleared, the relationship had served its purpose and that it's part of why we were together was to clear that karma. And a week later, when I was in mourning, I told my friend Kathy and how I was feeling like maybe I shouldn't have interfered with any karma or contracts. And she said, oh, honey, I don't think you can get any of this wrong. I don't think you can, you can clear karma wrong. And we both had a good laugh. But yeah, I thought that was a, a little interesting lesson to share. Okay, I'm going to end with lesson number 33. You are a miracle. I was crying the day that I moved into my new house, going through the grief of the uncoupling. More on that at the end of this month. But I told my friend Katie about my pain. Would I ever let a good man be enough? I said. And she said, I hope you know that you are a miracle. I tell everyone this about you. You are a miracle. And I had never thought about that before. I am a fucking miracle. In my childhood, I experienced every type of abuse imaginable. I was sleeping on benches and in the back of cars when I was a teenager. I was suicidal. I had an eating disorder. And in my 20s, I dated multiple abusers, many who threatened my life. And here I am, 38, choosing to leave a healthy relationship because we're not aligned, choosing a career that helps free other people from their trauma, podcasting, writing a book. And as a single mother, I'm providing Montessori in a three bedroom home with a yard and a playroom and a darling neighborhood for my children with healthy, intentional meals. We dance every morning and worship the sun. What a miracle this life is. What a miracle that I am, that I went from all of that to all of this. And you, my love, are a miracle too. Just realize that for a moment. Don't waste this. You are a miracle. <clears throat> I'll end with a few quotes from two of my favorite books that I read in 2022. Pleasure Activism. An orgasm a day keeps the doctor away and the worries at bay. Things are not getting worse. They are getting uncovered. The best sex of your life does not happen on accident. And then recapture the rapture. Oh, I really want to get Jamie Wheel, the writer of the book, on the show. You guys, if you have connections, let me know. Okay, so quotes from that book. If you scratch beneath the surface of most mystical traditions around the world, sooner or later, you'll find some form of sexual yoga, closely guarded, 
often persecuted, slandered, and distorted beyond recognition by those on the outside peeking in, but there nonetheless. The keys to our cage are also the keys to the kingdom. You can no more become fully enlightened than you can become fully educated. Take your insights for what they are, integrate them, and keep going. Above all, be kind. None of it matters if we forget this part. People who read narratives develop stronger social cognition than those who don't. When scanned, the brains of bookworms showed more default mode network activity in the area devoted to empathy. We are kinder and wiser when we can imagine the lives of others. Children who learned their family stories across generations had a strong self-esteem and stronger self-control. They even had more resilience in the face of trauma. And we inherit the most resilience when these intergenerational stories oscillate, mirroring the ups and downs of our own lives. It's not our family is the best, but we had a series of triumphs and disasters and we're still here. Religions who don't claim that their gods are unequivocally good have no need for the story of Satan. <laughs> okay, I hope these served as medicine, as invitations, as pleasure ponderings for you. I love you so much, and I'm so thankful to have had another year on Untamed and Unashamed with you. I'll thank my affiliates. The first affiliate is my own course. The Masterclass for Healing the Father Wound at jade-price.com and my women's program. I'm going to be telling you all about these in the next episode, but uh, my women's program is a three-month program all around reclaiming your sacred sexuality, but it's so much more than that, y'all. It's everything that holds us back from that. It's all the inner child wounding. It's the, the mother wound, the father wound. It's, it's all of it. It's recovering our innocence, reclaiming our wildness, all of it. And I'm so excited for it. And then Richard Rudd's course on genekeys.com. If you click the link in the show notes, it'll take you to the dream arc, uh, which is basically a course on how to use your dreams for self-realization. And it's really beautiful. But he also has courses on love, prosperity, all types of stuff. And if you use this link, I'll get a little cut. Um, I just got a check from them. And honestly, like getting it right when I moved into this house was like, ah. I was so happy. So I really appreciate it when you, when you guys use this link, his courses are really wonderful as well. They're like little inner GPSs, uh, gene keys. If you don't know your gene keys, that, that is really a powerful tool. Um, I've gene keys has really helped me get to know myself more and, and how I thrive. So check it out. You can uh, use that link to go find out your gene key for free. It's kind of like human design, but I like it better. And then the best toys for sex at dameproducts.com. Code Jade gets you 15% off. And my favorite is the Air, A-E-R. It's the suction toy. It creates powerful arousal for fans of oral stimulation. I like to pair it with my pleasure wand or my yoni egg. I get those at wands, W-A-A-N-D-S.com. And code Jade gets you a discount there as well. I absolutely love my cervical wand and that uh, the cervical wand and the jade egg, I will also be teaching you how to use them in the women's course 
It's not something you'll be doing around other people. You'll have your privacy, but they're really powerful for de-armoring the cervix and for healing the pelvic floor and strengthening it. And it's, it actually tones your face. There's just so much, so much to it. It's really cool. They also just came out with a period slash sex blanket and, uh, yeah, really cool. And then higher dose infrared products, all things infrared at higher dose code jade 75 for $75 off. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. It would mean so much if you'd leave a review or share an episode with a friend. You can also join me on Instagram at Untamed and Unashamed Podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.